Sacred Teachings, the original podcast series. Wisdom of the Land, Path to the Stronghold, Dismantling Racism, Stolen, Stories of Suicide, and Light, the Other Pandemic. Listen, Learn, Share. Zago, Scanning I'm Ginny Doctor, and this episode. It's me again, here at Six Nations. Hi, I'm Peter Downey, and welcome to episode four of the season of Ginny. You know, you didn't have to know Ginny very well or for very long to feel her deep connection to the land, the land she was born on, the land of her ancestors, the land of her memories and of her dreams. The land was a fundamental part of Ginny's deep and abiding spirituality, a source of abundant gifts and in turn, something that needed to be nurtured and protected. Ginny felt hurt and distressed by our wanton destruction of the environment and the senseless exploitation of Mother Earth. Here she is reflecting on a trip she took a few years ago. While riding on a train going east, I was going to New York City to attend the United Nations Forum on Women. And I've made this journey many times, but for some reason, while riding on a train, this great sadness came over me. And I couldn't figure it out. Finally, it came to me. It was because I was traveling through my ancestral homeland, because my Mohawk people came from the Mohawk River Valley. And I think it's also because of the work we've been doing with the Doctrine of Discovery and Reconciliation that I really felt the sadness. So when I feel that way, I take to writing to express it, and after I write it, I feel better. Not completely better, but better. So here's what I wrote. Sadness surrounds me. Traveling through Aboriginal homeland, see things that others can't. Longhouses, smoke bellowing from center. Surrounded by wooden palisades. Brown woman tending the three sisters, the corn, the beans, the squash. Men wandering through the bush hunting for deer and other sustenance. Children running through the woods playing games, laughing. Mohawk River flows, creator's artery, bringing fish for harvest and waterway for travel. Can smell the sweet grass, the strawberries, the first fruits of summer. You heard Ginny mention the doctrine of discovery and its impact on indigenous people. She's referring to a series of papal bulls issued in the 1400s, essentially with the stroke of a pen, erasing the existence of indigenous people, 
giving Europeans the right to dominate and exploit any lands they happened upon, as long as they weren't already inhabited by Europeans. These decrees were devastating, resulting in an avalanche of death and destruction for the people of the land. I believe that many First Nations, whether in the United States or in Canada, um, held the land in common and that much of the spirituality that they practiced came from the land and their connection with the land. It was really important to our people. And because so many gifts are given through the land to the people, and that each one of those gifts has a certain thanksgiving that has to be done. So it's, it's a big part of the spirituality. And of course, you know, the doctrine of discovery pretty much took our land away. And so with that came loss of spirituality as well. The doctrine of discovery is simply a, a philosophical position and a legal precedent now that says that only Christian European people could own the land that they were encountering in, mostly in the, in the Americas um, because it was, it, it, possession of it was not possible to anyone who was not a Christian, possession of land. It's a legal fiction. You can construct a reality that's totally artificial. And of course, this is what Western culture has done. Uh, it's, it's created a whole mentality that um, uh, the Americas were undiscovered, untouched, unused, uh, unoccupied uh, until the presence of European peoples. That's the esteemed elder, psychologist, and theologian, the Reverend Dr. Martin Brokenlake. He was featured in a film called Stolen Lands, Strong Hearts. Now, Ginny was the executive producer of the Doctrine of Discovery and its terrible legacy of destruction. She often reflected on how the values held so dearly by the First Nations people were sometimes used against them by the conquering Europeans. There's an innate respect in our people for everyone and everything because everyone is a creation of, of the Creator, is you know, created by God. Therefore, that's an automatic respect. And so we just went along with them and helped them get along and helped them survive. I was always told by my grandfather that no matter where you go and what you do, you have to have respect for everybody and every living thing because it was, you know, it's God's creation. So I think that's probably the biggest reason why we were so accepting and so helpful. Um, and the whole concept of buying and selling land was a foreign concept to us. We didn't believe in it. We didn't believe that the land could be bought and could be sold and that we were letting people use the land and it was not a permanent transfer. The land was given, given to help the settlers. So the land was given and shared in the spirit of respect and community, but it was taken in a very different spirit. But then I see blood. My ancestors covered in red, lifelessness. Settlers' blood too. Who was right? Who was wrong? Both wanted good life, good land. Now I see farmlands. Wonder if they grow the three sisters. 
see hard pavement that was once soft trail, good to walk with deerskin moccasins. Old stone buildings and homes carved out of once pristine land now replace longhouses and a good creator-given life that was before. You know, it's easy to say, but it's difficult to fully appreciate the catastrophic consequences for the life that was before contact, what Ginny called a good creator-given life. It was made virtually impossible by the arrival of Europeans. With the loss of land, there came, uh, you know, the loss of the hunting, loss of trapping, loss of fishing, loss of gathering. So all those things were lost. And some have come back, but not to the extent that we had them before. If you want to disorient any population, the first thing you must do is somehow break their contact with the land because the land on which they live is the source of their identity, uh, their medicines, their food, their ability to self-sustain. In my language, we call this wakawe chone, to be able to live off the, la the land. Wherever you live, if you get sick, you should know where to get the medicines, you should know where to get water, you should know how to get food so that you can survive. Well, something like 60% of the planet now is displaced. Uh, people not living on their original homelands, and much of it is due to the, to the influence of Western society and this doctrine of discovery. Uh, well, if you don't live on your land, uh, then uh, of course you're not self-sustaining, you become dependent. Once that dependency is there, then that population can be manipulated. Their children can be ordered to be taken away to residential schools, for example. During the last few years of her life, Ginny focused much of her considerable energy and time on educating both Indigenous and non-Indigenous people about this doctrine of discovery. What was taken, how it was taken, and how this theft is, to this day, still felt in multiple ways. We were in Prince Albert and we did what's called Indigenous Healthy Pathways. And part of that is exploring the history and how the history has impacted upon who they are as Indigenous people. And it was really eye-opening for many of them because they didn't realize that history and they didn't realize how much they hurt from what was taken away. But at least it was a, an opener, an eye-opener and a time to begin the healing journey. So I think we need to do more of that kind of work. It's a pleasure to be here tonight to introduced this monumental work. Um, back in 2013, our primate established a commission, and one of the mandates was to develop resources to educate the Church of Canada about the doctrine of discovery and its impacts on all Canadians, not just Indigenous, but settlers as well. So one of the things they thought would be good as a video. And I said, okay, we can make that work through the help of many, many contributors. Um, we pulled it together. This video will challenge you. I know some of you have probably seen it, but even if you've seen it before, it'll still present challenges 
because I find every time I watch it, I get more out of it. So without further ado, well, let's roll. We are left with Gunalunkwa, the great love from the ancestors. And with that, we go on to breathe and heal, to be strong like our ancestors, to keep a good mind. The good mind is something we strive for. It's about being in balance. And at many of our traditions use the medicine wheel. And in that medicine wheel, there are four elements to having a good mind. One is our mind, our brain, and how we think. The other one is our body, how we use our body to do those things that our mind tells us to do. Our spirit, that's our connection with the Creator, our connection with ourself and with others, and our emotions that show people how we care and the compassion that we have. It's not particularly surprising, I suppose, that in a culture dominated by money, where one's worth is so often defined by acquisition and materialism, that the life once lived on Turtle Island, an existence informed by harmony and sharing and respect, is seen today as anachronistic by many. But what Ginny knew in her heart and what she wanted to teach was that that life and its sacred connection to the land held the secrets to our survival on this planet. I'm Peter Downey. Thanks for listening. What better way to leave you than with Ginny and a song from her beloved Alaska. This is a song actually from Alaska. It's a song for good minds and good luck. <laughs> <laughs>